Episode number 54 of Fit for Life Radio. Your hosts, I am Gary. I am Will. I am Will. I am Legend. That's what it feels like, like right now. <laughs> Holy oh, Will shit. Smith, waiting for Will Smith to just be walking down the street. Nah. Well, so here we are in the middle of having to shut down the gym, physical location, and everyone else. And the rest of the world. Gym shutting down. So, obviously, we were... Going to do a podcast on topic with everything going on, and there's like a million of them on how to strengthen your immune system. We even have an ebook guide floating yeah. around out there as well. So we figured what most people might want to hear is all the questions that, well, our clients have, right? Kind of stuff they're experiencing in the midst of this. So we're going to answer some questions from our clients, Let's which a lot of you that listen to our clients and people from all over. Got listeners out there in Australia. Especially if you got nothing to do. Where else we got? Australia. Ireland. Ireland. There was one country. Shit. Estonia. Estonia. Shout so out. if you're all locked down, hopefully these questions will help. They're really good. So we're just going to kind of plow through them. So first one, a lot of people may be wondering. So one of our clients, Garnet, she asked how to amp up the home workouts. So... This is a good question. It's funny because we were talking about this when we, as we were doing our programming. Yep. And like me personally, so you see every every gym and all this. We're you know, we're gonna be live streaming workouts, doing home workouts, and home workouts are great, and we're posting them too. But a lot of our clients probably noticed we have a huge emphasis on your needs, walking and nutrition. Because the problem with home workouts, and it's great because you're doing something and you're keeping the habit. Maybe you're doing it during your regular exercise time slot. You know, you're being active. But as far as like, you know, intensity and really amping them up, the ironic thing with home workouts, they're typically body weight training based. And body weight training is pretty advanced to, yeah. to significantly kind of like get a lot out of it. Yeah, to get a training effect, like there's a lot of skill involved with it. And, and just general strength, right? Because yeah. you're moving your entire body weight. Exactly. So let's use, for example, you know, the great thing about resistance training, say a dumbbell press, is you can meet the person where they're at with their current strength levels. So if someone needs to press 20 pounds dumbbells to so 40 pounds total, and that's where they're at and they're, you know, failing in seven, eight, nine reps, that's perfect, right? Well, a push-up, a true push-up, like that's almost your entire body weight right? Um, and then, so you start talking about things like push-ups, dips, chin-ups, uh, rear foot elevated split squats. Those are all ways to like amp up your, your at-home training, difficult. but they're, they're very difficult, right? So um, the general answer is like, like get big, get stronger, like be stronger and then hand, and then you can do the more advanced body weight stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so that doesn't help everyone right away. No. But, but then our other thing is, you know, yeah, treat it more like this is, um, I'm just checking my box, keeping the habit and then use extra time and focus on your neat and your nutrition. Yep. So really that's like where we're at. That's what our focus is as a gym. Cause ultimately for a lot of people, the at home workouts are really just going to be forms of cardio because mm -hmm. it's not going to be enough to stimulate um 
like more strength and, and muscle building because they, you know, it's actually too much weight to handle properly. So you end up having to kind of just do a lot lighter stuff and just kind of move through it, shorter rest periods and just elevate, it's elevating your heart rate slightly. So it's ultimately glorified. It's like boot campy yeah. cardio, right? But so, it's still like you're going to maintain your muscle and, and all that. So yeah. it's a good way to at least keep that. Now one good, so the, to help answer in the here and now, a good way to amp up home workouts are so do things like shorten the rest period make sure you're pushing uh, you know most programs you're gonna have to give a rep range like give you a little bit like um eight sets of or i'm sorry eight sets jesus <laughs> four, four <laughs> sets of eight to twelve right but you know if you're doing push-ups and you can get 16 like go get 16 don't just stop at 12 you need to yep. be pushing your sets close to failure and i promise anyone if you do a real foot a rear foot elevated split squat and push it close to failure like you're, you're going to be dying. Yeah. So, you know, almost ignore, you know, just push your sets to failure. Um, and then also shorten your rest periods. That's going to, you know, make things suck yep. more. Especially, especially when you're supersetting something like, you know, push-ups and split squats, you could pretty much do those almost yeah. back to back and, you know, they're opposing movements. So you're going to be completely fine with, yeah. um, and then just yeah, under- rocking them out. Understanding like they're not going to compare to your gym workouts. No, nah. there's just, yeah, because you don't have access to the same equipment. There's a reason, like gym workouts and gyms exist, and most people prefer it uh, because you are kind of limited with with home workouts, body weight training, especially if your uh, strength levels aren't to where you can handle your body weight. Um, so, yeah, you have to just almost put it in a different box and mm-hmm. treat it differently, um, and not look to get this like huge, massive. Yeah, amazing. Like you're probably not going to keep progressing on your deadlift by doing home workouts. And it's cool. Like, it's fine to do that because, you know, we're all kind of dealt the hand we're dealt right now. And there's zero that we can do to change it until, yeah. you know, the situation changes. So you just do what you can within your, like, your context, where you're at and what you have. Yeah. Um, and that's just doing bodyweight workouts. And like Gary said, take them to failure. And that's probably your best bet for keeping your intensity high with the low rest. Yeah, the bullet point list is short term, shorten your rest periods, make sure your intensity is high in, in the stuff you're doing. You are pushing close to failure. Uh, and then long term, you know, yeah, when you're in the gym, really focus on A, getting leaner because the less body weight you carry means the more efficient you're going to be with your body weight. And then be getting stronger, right? Then when you find yourself needing to do it at home workout and you can go and you can knock out dips and chin ups, like you're. You'll, you'll be set. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll be amping things up. Oh, show. So, next is... Let's go into... We want to go into neat. Yeah, with Kelly. Because that's kind of a... I don't know. Kelly had a couple questions. So, we'll answer both of them. So, the first one's neat. So, what non... If, what ex- if she was just saying, like... Yeah, this is neat. That's neat. <laughs> so, neat is non-exercise... Uh, activity. M- activity thermogenesis. thermogenesis. So, I always thought... It always throws me off. I feel like it should be... The last two should be flip-flop. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially, so I wish we had a graph to show you, but if you saw like your metabolism and what it is, and then like in a pie chart, so say that, yeah, the amount of calories we burn in a day, like 60, 70% of it, 60% of it is based off of like your metabolic rate. So your lean body mass, right? So if you just laid in bed all day and did nothing, you would burn majority of the calories that you'd burn in a day from just laying there. So like 
That's why a lot of times when people are like, I burned 700 calories working out this hour. Well, you would have burned 250 if you are just laying in bed too. Yeah. So like, don't, you know, you, you almost <laughs> got to subtract all that. So that's where people get in trouble when they start trying to cut out or eat the calories they burn. Yep. But anyways, um, so you have that. Then you have the, um, yeah, the calories you burn from a workout. So you burn those three or 400 calories, um, has to go in beast mode. Then you have <laughs> you almost say hashtag beast mode. You have your calories burned from actually eating, so just to digest and process food, especially protein. That's your uh, your TEF. So, um, yep. And so the more higher percentage of protein your diet is, the more thermic effect of eating you have. Um, then you have the second biggest component. So your actual uh, formal exercise and your TEF, your thermic effect of eating, are smaller. Muscle mass, lean body mass is the biggest. The second biggest is your NEAT. So that's the activity you do like fidgeting, even brain activity, walking, things like that. And it's important to separate it from the other stuff because this is just super low intensity stuff. Like that's not going to cause like you to need to recover it's not, from yeah, it. Yeah, it's not going to impact that at all. Like huge, you should be able to just do it. Yeah. So the benefit do it every is... Day. It doesn't burn a lot of calories like in a given mo like you're not going to burn a lot of like a ton of calories in 20 minutes of walking no. of neat but if you but you're able to do a lot and it it has no effect except it's going to just burn that low level energy um, calories right so neat is the second biggest component of your metabolism yep. right so most people are better off like getting more getting as much neat in as they can so walking more that's why we encourage walking so much yeah and then something to remember because it doesn't impact your recovery like you're not there's no detriment to it whereas if you were doing like super high intensity workouts every single day that's going to beat you down and there's going to be some type of negative impact you know your joints are going to start hurting or your metabolism is probably going to start to slow down um but with neat, you know, your neat that doesn't happen, and you can just continue to do it with little impact to how you feel overall. Yeah. And we've been emphasizing it with our current clients because yeah, they can't go to the gym. They're not going to be able to amp up their regular workouts the way they want. They they might be quarantined or you know trying to stay in, so they have more free time. So the perfect thing to do is go walk more. Yep. The problem is people feel like they're not doing much, you know. But you, if, in the big picture, I mean, you know, look at. The sport and athletes whose literal goal of their sport is to get as lean as possible and maintain muscle. That's bodybuilders. What do they do? They don't do hit. Nope. They do strength training and walk. Yeah, and they stair hit mill, like tread treadmill you know? in the morning and then weights in the evening or so, whatever they do. Um, yeah, and in the other and then we could get do a whole podcast on it. Then the other benefits: well, you're going outside, you're breathing mm -hmm. fresh air, you're get getting vitamin, vitamin D. D. Um, so it's just a no-brainer. So neat is a huge component of your metabolism. Yeah. So don't overlook it. So the second question that Kelly asks is, what is a healthy weight? Ooh. Is this all dependent on person to person? Can you bash BMI for me, please? Hmm. So we're not, we will not completely bash BMI, right? People want to bash BMI. We'll put it in its place yeah. where it needs it, to be. For general population and most people, um, it has merits. You yes. know? And if, for a larger population yeah. slice, if, you know... If you look at America as a slice and the BMI is, I don't know, 35, 40, no yeah. idea. Um, but then like your average is awful and you know damn well that all those people are not super muscular, 
weightlifters that are going to skew skew the yeah. the BMI scale. So like in that case, it's good to know like yeah, our country is overweight, and that gives us yeah. some de- some good data for that. Yeah, most people aiming for their BMI versus being where they're at and it is better. Yep. Right. So now for athletic population working out, it can really throw things off. Yes. Um, so yes. So what, but I think what Kelly really wants to know is like, yeah, what's a healthy weight? How can I just some way, especially since she's a math girl, numbers Mm -hmm. person, she's a quantified thing. So yeah, weight is a decent one. It's a broader range because it, you could have people of different structures, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you could have a a guy who's 5'10", with a super small bone structure and different frame. And you could have another guy who's 5'10", with a denser bone structure. Gorilla bones. And he, so someone with a denser bone structure is going to naturally be able to hold and handle more weight healthily. And they typically naturally can build more muscle easier. So there's a huge range there. Um, so I, I think the best way, and I've actually been working on a post for this for our group, but is, um, and again, nothing's perfect. Uh, but as far as like being able to take a measurement, being able to track it, being able to have a general idea uh, is waist, your waist circumference, your waist measurement. And when you you hear this, don't say, oh, well, don't go by your pant size, right? Because I mean, even different, like one brand could just say 32 and the other brand could say 32 and they could be three, three inches apart, right? Um, and where you wear your pants isn't technically your waist. So the best thing, so we'll get, and we'll give you some numbers here, is taking your waist measurement, which is like right at the top of your hip bone. So for most people, it's going to be like where their belly button is, right? So, um, and that never moves. So that's a good, yeah, a good anchor point. So you're always measuring in the same spot. Um, and then what it is, we'll give you kind of, and this is, there's a lot of research on this and it's pretty confident or a good way to make decisions of like, if you're at a certain threshold, so if you're under X number, you are not, you're doing the best you can to mitigate any health risks based off your body weight, right? Which is a lot of stuff like heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, all that stuff. All the killers. So um, then, so we'll have like a low range, like, hey, if you're here, um, you're you're good, right? Then a a kind of a medium range that you're going to be, if you're at this place, you're going to be slightly elevated risk. And then uh, an above range, if you're here, you're at at an elevated risk, like you'd want to come down and work on that, right? So for guys... It's going to be less than 37 inches. You're, you're, in a, you're in a good place, right? Between 37 and 40, slightly elevated risk. 40 plus, you're, you're uh, not doing yourself any favors. Yep. All right. So for female, it's going to be less than 32 inches. Then you're slightly elevated risk. It's going to be between 32 and 37 inches. And then 37 plus is going to be a little, little bit of a alarming, right? So, so we like that better because, yeah, just depending on your frame and height and all those things, um, it, it kind of, you don't, it's not going to take all those. It's not completely exact, but it's good to yeah. at least have a ballpark. And with body weight, again, we can maybe on another podcast give you some decent numbers with those, but the body weight one's going to be even more broad. And the great thing about the waist circumference is it kind of does take into account 
muscle, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately, if your waist is smaller, so that's the, the first place we gain fat and the last place we lose it. So if you're leaner around your waist, you, you're not going to have much fat in the other places, right? Um, so it's a good, that's a good number. That's the one if you, to simplify and focus on the essentials. That that's one of my favorite to track. Like if I'm going to track any measurement, it's just going to be my waist. Because yeah. then if it's going down, I know I'm getting leaner. If it's going up, I'm gaining weight and there's yeah. no rule. There's no real wiggle room or anything unclear there. Yep. So that's a, a simple one. For anybody who does want to track a measurement, that's a good way to do it. So, great question. So another one we have uh, is from, let's go with... You got to pick it. My phone is... We'll go with Josh. Lost. Josh Stenson. So he asked, favorite protein bars slash shakes, heaviest you've ever been and how Ooh. you felt then? That'll be a good one with coming off the weight yeah. we just talked about yep. healthy uh and the mental health perks of working out Oof. and mm, he's he's digging he's, he's he's getting his money's worth yeah he is and your thoughts on meditation Ooh. so i have real quick on meditation yeah. if you haven't listened to our po podcast with bubba yeah that goes a really into good a one. form of meditation and we actually talk a lot about meditation on that and yeah we've both uh, meditation is great right it has stigma when people hear it like has all these religious connotations but it's just sitting with yourself with yourself and like learning to let thoughts come and go and getting it into a relaxed state mm -hmm. and i've played with it messed with it and tried traditional forms and for me like walking is almost like my favorite form of meditation mm -hmm. um i just can clear my mind see i like to sit like if i can just sit sometimes i'd like look out the uh, if i can go outside it's great but you know, we, we back up to the woods, so if I can just look out the window, and eventually, you know, I'll probably close my eyes, but it's good to just be able to take in the trees. But I can sit and just breathe for at least five minutes, and then, you know, usually more, but I'll, I'll set the bar low. Um, and I do really well with that. Walking, I do well, but I, you know, usually it's just me taking things in, or I have the dog, so not yeah. much meditation with the dog. But yeah, so meditation's great. I would, for most people starting out, it's, I mean, there's, like anything, there's a million things when you start looking into something that you could do i would start with this is what i started with that did the best was the headspace. app headspace i think it's free right now yeah so that's with everything app. going on so this would be a good chance for everyone to give it a shot so headspace then so back to some of his other questions the mental health perks of working out so really and josh is relatively new at the gym mm -hmm. um so these are great questions and at this point of not having been worked out working out for 15 years, that's really all the perks I get from working out that I'm looking for at this point. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to, I kind of... You're not going to put on 25 max, pounds. Yeah, I'm not going to gain 20 pounds of muscle. <laughs> um, you know, I've kind of reached my genetic potential as a smaller guy. Um, you know, slowly you can get some strength gains here and there. But for me, it's all, all mental, right? Yep. Um, it's just like a, a habit that sets my day. Uh, you know, it's like an outlet you can count on it. It's not going to lie to you, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it does, it, you know, the process or so the whole process I've been through of, yeah, being insecure and in the beginning, and then you follow a plan and you execute it and you see what the consistency does. Then you take those mental gains and apply them to other aspects of your life. Yep. Right. So that's a per mental perk. There's a lot of carryover with that. And then just the confidence that you can do something and you're able, Yeah, you're physically capable like that, that does a lot too. Um, and I know like most smaller guys like us, that's why you started working out and to begin with, you know, lack of confidence or whatever. Um, and that's a, a huge one, you know, when you're more confident, Yeah. like pretty much every 
facet of your life improves when you do have that confidence, you know, your job, your relationships, your workouts, just everything. So that, mm-hmm. that's a huge one. Um, and it's just straight up good for your brain. Yeah. That's it. And then he asked the, the heaviest weight you've ever been. Oh shit. So for me, yeah, go ahead. You go and then I'll go. Um, so it's always real small. That was my motivation for working out was being, mm-hmm. but, th- but then you get into working out and you're like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to bulk. You know, and you see other people and you're like, that guy's 200 pounds and, and ripped. I'm going to be like that. So then you're just sitting there force feeding food. And next thing you, so for me, you know, I'm five, nine and I got up to like 182 was probably the heaviest. Um, and that was while working out, you know, but quote unquote bulking. And I was just, yeah, like, you know lost, you know, the abs were, were, were blurry. And in college, my freshman year, I, I didn't work out and do anything. I started gaining weight, just playing video games and eating, but I don't know what I weighed, but I got pretty, you know, out Fluffy. of shape then, but I don't know. But so 182 and I felt horrible. I was bloated all the time and just never felt good. And, um, you know, for me, you know, like you lose muscle definition. So you don't even look like you work out. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, mm-hmm. and I was, I wasn't like that much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for the heaviest I was. And then just for reference, I'm normally, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. So normally 155 to 160 most, yeah. most of the time. So, so I'm like 5'8 on a really good day. We'll say I'm like 5'7 and a half. Just, yeah, right in the middle. Um, I'd say the heaviest I've been was 169. And I'm a small frame person. Like, I'm a little dude, small joints. I don't have super broad shoulders or anything. And we actually have probably somewhere on the website. Yeah, there's pictures. There's pictures of you when you hit that peak. Yeah. So people can see, like, you, yeah. know, you got a DEXA scan done. Mm-hmm. And you were, what was your body fat percentage? It was, like, it was in the 20s. Yeah, like 26. 20, yeah. Like, way higher than I even expected. So that's where a lot of times now people, especially if you're not taller than normal if you're like if you're small you know small people you know don't understand like you could be 170 pounds and 25 percent body mm-hmm. fat for a guy that's overweight yep exactly and so so me my leanest like i have around 150 right now um but like you know 142 is me decently lean um so that puts in perspective i was you know what 25 pounds heavier. And I, if I was shredded, I'd probably be in the 130. So like 135 realistically would be me with, you know, an eight pack. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot. Yeah. And I felt, dude, I felt like shit at that weight. That was bad. Um, really everything sleep was bad. I just, I felt bloated all the time too. Stuff hurt always. Like uh, my joints yeah, just felt shitty. My workouts were awful. That's a good point. Oh, I always had like lower back pain, knee yeah. aches and all that. Everything. My shoulders felt like complete yeah. trash. Um, so yeah, like being, carrying too much weight, you definitely will feel worse. And most people will feel better when you lose your weight. Um, even for me, like I wasn't, it's not like I was 200 pounds. Yeah. Like I was still 25 pounds heavier than I probably needed to be and felt terrible. Yeah. But even for like an average, say six foot guy that's not naturally like small bone and scrawny, like they're normally like, like 180, you know, Mm -hmm. but most guys like that are like, to 10 to 20 uh and, and 180 is a good place to be so yep you know f- for most people even just being 15 20 pounds overweight like most of the aches and pains and little stuff like that that people have it can be gone from just losing that 15 pounds yep you'll feel better so um 
you know, and, and listen back, we have a couple podcasts too of people who have lost 50 plus pounds and 100 pounds. I can't even imagine um, that. You know, we had the one with Andrew Vault yep. uh, way back, one of the earliest ones. You know, listen to that we one. We had one, who else? Carmen? Yeah, Carmen. And we had that one. Eli. And yeah. We got a bunch more lined up. So, you know, we'll. we'll uh, Justin will be a good one. We yeah, can Justin. finally get him on here. So, so, yeah. And then back to the simplest question. What's your favorite protein? Favorite protein bar <laughs> shakes. So here's the thing with protein bars and shakes, right? Like, especially now when we're like kind of cooped up or we're looking for something convenient. Um, a, a lot of it's personal preference. So remember, there's nothing magical about them. Nah. They're the same as essentially eating a chicken breast, just more convenient. Maybe help satisfy the sweet tooth. Uh, so protein shakes, you know, any kind of basic whey protein, dairy-based protein is going to be the most tasty you know and then there's some vegan ones if you can't do dairy they're not going to taste as good no nah, they're um, a little gritty but ultimately your best bet's like just doing a powder and then mixing it with like your greek yogurt or oats or almond milk or mm -hmm. water then they do have like the pre-mixed ones the ready rtds ready to drink and ultimately those are great too they're just gonna cut your pain expensive you're they're paying like for convenience four bucks for a 50 um, gram shake so yeah so but i'll typically just you use a powder and then protein bar, same thing of traveling, convenience randomly. Mm -hmm. I like, and again, this is personal preference. Some people don't like these types because they're kind of chalky, I guess. But um, like the Quest bars mm -hmm. are my preference. Or the Costco, the Kirkland brand ones, I think are decent. Yeah, and you can find them anywhere and everywhere. And they're like high in The problem with, so people, I had someone the other day message me about a protein bar. It was one of those zone bars. And they're like, this tastes too good. Is it too good to be true? And it's like, it was like 300 calories, but it was also like, 30 grams of fat, 40 grams of carbs. So it tasted good because it was loaded with, yeah. it was basically like a Milky Way, right? So, exactly. um, and that's not why you eat a protein bar. Again, like if you want, you can easily work that 300 calories yeah. in, but you could honestly literally just have like a Twix instead or a Snickers bar. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to have a protein bar with that much fat and carbs, Yep. Um, the point would be you're struggling to hit your protein goal to get sufficient protein. So then you supplement with a protein bar or powder. So just make sure it's higher, like 20 to 30 grams of protein. And then the carbs are fat or carbs and fat are like six grams or less. Yep. Um, I usually go for eight at the most. I use the, the Bomar we carry the lemon, lemon and Greek yogurt. That's my jam. And it's like 40 something grams of protein. Yeah. About maybe about 40, um, total. So that's my go-to just cause it's easy and it makes us well and it tastes good. Um, bars, I'm a quest bar guy too. The s'mores, if you can find it anywhere, mm -hmm. that's, that's what it's all about. But I don't really do too many bars. I'll get one every once in a while, but I don't do too many bars now. And really for me, it's just a way to get some leaner protein in and then I can have a little more flexibility in my day. That's why I do it. Yeah. And it's really easy. So hopefully that helps. I hope. Then we have, let me refresh here. Make yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Let's see. I would help, but I don't even know where my phone is. All right, so Alexis Deagle. Hmm. Interesting. Wonder if she's of any kin. Mm, probably not. Well, she asks about some body weight challenges to do when homebound to break up the monotony of home training. And yes, that's the, another negative of home training is yeah, you're it's boring. I mean, in general, you're limited. Anyways, there's only so much you can do with the. Then when you have no equipment, you're limited even more, yep. which I don't mind, but uh, I know most people do mind. Yep. So, yeah, so that's where, yeah, there's plenty of little challenges. Again, you kind of have to keep them simple, but you can track them and that makes it more fun. So like one we're actually going to have our gym do tomorrow, Yep. Friday is, and we have a lot of our online clients do, 
and this is a double, it's great because it's double. So it's burpees, right? Everyone knew that was coming. Yep. But just simply you could say, I'm going to do 50 burpees for time and then try to beat your time each week. But also it's double, right? Because to get better at it, you're going to, by doing burpees more, by getting stronger and more cardiovascularly efficient on them. But also if you get leaner, you, gonna that's going to make you uh, better at burpees. So they're just ultimately a good, um, it's a good test. It's a good all around measuring Yeah, stick. for all those things that that tie in most people's goals, getting leaner, losing yep. some weight, getting stronger, getting in better shape. So the 50 burpees for time is a good, that's a good one. Good test. You could also do like thrusters, same thing, mm-hmm. like 50 thrusters with like a kettlebell or dumbbell. If you have a little set of dumbbells, so where you squat and then press overhead for time, in one motion. Yeah. Um, so typically anything when you then attach it for time and higher reps. And something like like both of those yeah. are a little more demanding. Kettlebell reverse lunge, alternating reverse Ooh, lunge. Yeah. So we do that at our gym. You hold a kettlebell or something heavy, dog, puppy, whatever you have. Up the chest. Um, and you do alternating reverse lunges for time. So you could either do for time, how like I'm going to go for four minutes and do as many as possible. Or like we said, pick a number. I'm going to do 100 and time it. And do that as fast as possible. So one of those two... You can kind of make anything work as a challenge. Yeah, and then you can kind of, yeah, plug stuff in too um, because you can have a lot of variability with that Mm -hmm. and keep things a little more interesting. And we'll we'll keep throwing, um, you know, little stuff like that out there too. It just, you don't want to have every single day have to be a challenge because then there's that expectation that that's what the workout has to be. So you want to keep your good base and then throw those in for variety every once in a while, maybe once a week um, is kind of where our heads are at on, on something like that. Yep. So, and also too, like we like the shorter ones like that. Cause I mean, you're going to smack yourself down and you don't want to be too brutal. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to have so. a challenge. that takes you 30 minutes. Yeah. Cause that's just awful. Yeah. And it's just like, how many people are even going to do it? If it's something that mm-hmm. takes that long. Yeah. You're never going to want to retest it. Yeah. Um, man, something else popped in my head along those lines. It kind of also reverted back to the first question. Um, but yeah, so, and then she had, like, obviously wall sits. She mentioned push-ups, handstand push-ups. But again, the challenge for most people, like push-ups and handstand push-ups Those are, t- I mean, are, how many are people super hard. So the, do just doing one push-up. would be a challenge, right? So obviously, if you can strong enough to bang those out, then yeah, you could also do those the same way, mm-hmm. like for you, time you or You could do like most push-ups um, in a minute oh, I know or something I like that. What do you got? So Diego had mentioned, too, another good way to kind of amp up your home workouts and also challenges um, EMOM, so every minute on yep. the minute, right? So you could... Um, you know, do an exercise for a certain amount of time and rest a minute or do like a certain amount of reps every minute. So you start a timer, say, I'm going to do five reps and then you rest till top of the minute, do five reps again. And you do that for like 10 minutes straight. Yep. So um, then your rest time's down and yeah. usually you'll, you'll get less rest as you go. Cause your exercise takes a little bit longer. Yep. So you'll, and you'll gradually fatigue more and more Yep. cause you're uh, not completely recovered. It's yep. really just a way to break up the monotony since you can't change the exercise much you can change the setup a little bit yeah yeah we'll be throwing those in too to the programming so just enough to keep it interesting because it is again mostly body weight and not the most exciting thing to do yep and the last one we'll cover because this one could get deep so we'll try to keep it short we want to keep this short but magella asks do you battle with emotional eating Ooh, this is a so this is an interesting one because most people do on some form. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of broad. Much, you know, she's come from losing a lot of weight, like 60 plus pounds, and yep. struggled with it. Um, and we've talked about it on past we have. podcasts. Um, so I, I probably have not in the sense of um, 
like you know, to where it's really, really been a, a problem. It's funny because actually, I would say I, I did at some point because of the fitness world and bulking, mm-hmm. right? And then you get, and then you get, especially early on, like clean food, good food, bad food. Yep. So I was not so much emotional eating in that, like I'm sad. I'm actually the opposite. If I'm stressed or sad, I have eat. no appetite, dude. I have to like say you need to eat now. Um, so, but as far as like, oh binge eating you know and that there was a point where oh i can only have certain foods at on the weekend you know cheat day and then you gorge and you overeat and then you feel sick not because Mm -hmm. you not because i i don't feel guilty like physically sick from overeating and then it's like i can't have these foods again until so um but that's not emotional eating um really in this in that sense but it's still you know something you can struggle with and then like with the whole i'm gonna balk and just because i eat more i'm gonna gain more muscle it doesn't work like that either and so that's emotions are tied into that and like yeah yeah when i got up to 180 and just hated didn't like the way i looked felt worse so i'm literally just stuffing myself for no reason and Mm -hmm. feel bad about it that's in a way emotional eating yeah but it's it's, such a broad thing because you can is it is stress eating the same as emotionally i would say it kind of is yeah um most people have some form of that like they need, like I've dealt with it in the past, but normally I have a pretty good handle on what I eat. And if I'm eating something like cookies or whatever, it's a really conscious decision to do. Yeah. Um, but like I, I've had it in the in the past where, you know, daily stress was high. If I'm like really like acutely stressed, I'm like you, like I won't eat. I get sick yeah. to my stomach and just eating's and I, the last thing on my mind. I would say too where... I, in my years of doing this, that's actually the genetic thing that I think, you know, some people naturally struggle with their weight, like, mm-hmm. being, and you know, like they gain weight easily. And, and then some people are the opposite and they have trouble gaining weight. They're underweight. I think it actually has more to do with how you're wired with to deal with stress, weight, with to deal with stress. Cause everyone I've ever asked that's like struggles to gain weight. Same I've thing. literally hundred, 10 out of 10 times. I'm like, Hey, when you get stressed. Do you like have no appetite and you're the type of person where you can be like, I forgot to eat all day. And they're like, yes. And mm-hmm. then someone who struggles to, lose, to weight. lose weight and they gain weight easily, I'll ask them the same thing. Hey, when you're stressed, do you emotional eat? And they're like, yes. yes. Right? So, because you can't defy, you know, the, the ultimately like you gain weight by eating more calories than you need. Yep. You lose weight by not eating enough calories, right? So there's not necessarily a gene like, oh, you just automatically gain weight easier. I think it's more connected with how we handle mentally. And yet some people naturally then eat more because they're kind of wired to handle mm-hmm. stress that way. And a lot of times like it's not even, it's not conscious really. Like mm-hmm. you just do it like, oh, I need this. I'm going to get this. And it's like on a deeper level that, you know, in quotes, I need this food or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, like you're almost hardwired to, you know, deal with a stressful situation that way. And it makes you feel better to eat that food. Yeah. That's why we do it, you know? Um, so that's, yeah, that's something. And what, what helped me, and I, I became a lot more aware of it. And even now, like if I'm stressed, um, you know, instead of eating something, mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot better at just, you know, stopping, kind of being aware of the situation, kind of taking myself out of it and then... Yeah. Um, I'll do some breathing and it usually takes me where I need to go. Yeah. Um, but it took a lot of time to get there. And so. over the years, that's the great thing when you're doing health and fitness the right way. Um, I've gotten in a really great relationship with food where even I used to eat stuff just because it was there. Oh, it's Saturday mm-hmm. and, and you go somewhere and there's like nine things at a gathering and 
You don't even like you never even would have woken up at any point no. in the next 365 days and been like, I want it x this this thing. But then it's there and you're eating it because it's there. Some but now I've gotten sticks. to where like I know the stuff I really want. If I want something, I'll have it. And but I can also say no, like no problem. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like progress. Yeah, that's um, that's a big thing. Yeah. And no is just... And you uh, ultimately know like what fuels you, what you feel the best with, when you want to eat for entertainment, when you don't. And, you know, that takes time to get there and stuff. Uh, real quick, kind of off of that. So in one of our online coaching groups, uh, we have a client. He's He noticed, like, I don't season food a lot, right? But it's funny, and I've been doing this for years. It's literally my preference now. And a lot of people end up this way. But I used to like use all the condiments, all the spices, try to use a bunch of combinations. But over time, I'm like, oh, I really like beef with just salt, right? Now, chicken, I do like, I need like, I'll use mustard or mm -hmm. hot sauce. But, but anyways, he noticed a lot of my meals weren't seasoned much. And then he's like, oh, I have to eat like that too. And we're trying to explain to him like, no, you can have... Like, yeah, do whatever do makes whatever it work, you want. right? Yeah. Shoot, if you want to have marinades, have those too. Just know you, you got that there's some sugar, carbs in there. So you're going to have to cut some calories from somewhere else. But like, make it taste good so you'll eat it. Um, you know, where I'm at took years, you know, and it's yeah. just my preferences. Uh, you may find eventually you you end up there. But yeah, use spices and and ultimately low-calorie, no-calorie condiments. Um, yeah, it's fun. So yeah. Yeah, that's preference for a lot of people. All right, so that was a, a wild wind journey that we took you on. We didn't want to take too much of your time. Nah. So hopefully that helps some of you who are yeah kind of stuck at home, and then you start thinking of these things. You just need something to do. So feel free to throw more at us too. We have a decent amount of time on our hands, and uh, yeah, you know we want to engage with people too, especially when our job is literally physical engagement with human beings, and we're not getting that. You know, for sure. Holla. All right, y'all have a good one. See you. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.